uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Hello, hello. I'm back. <coughs> and scratchy as usual. Um, I'm excited to be back. I had a lovely weekend. I went down to my uh one of my mdc companions wedding and that was awesome so um but i'm back and i'm here to talk about our it's like our fifth to the last sixth to the last um talk in this conference which is so crazy and i forgot that this general authority this he's a 70 um spoke in this conference he so it's elder clipping got I'm not sure where he's from, um, I should look it up because it's a really cool name, but he spoke to us on our mission, on my mission, so when COVID hit, well, before COVID, they always had Tuesday night devotionals with the MTC, and well, they had a Sunday night devotional and a Tuesday night devotional, and Tuesday nights would, general authorities would come and speak to us. And when COVID hit and nobody was, there was no longer anybody in person at the MTC, um, they would film the MTC devotionals and they made it available to us <clears throat> on our missionary portals online so that even those in the field could watch the devotionals during the week, um, which is really, really cool because, I mean, it gave us something other to do than look at Facebook all day, which is nice. <laughs> And, like, all missionaries serving everywhere got to, got to hear from general authorities once a week, um, which was really amazing. And he was one of the ones who gave a missionary devotional, MTC devotional. And I can't remember what he talked on, um, but our mission president loved him and loved his talk. Um, and he quoted him for, like, months after, after we watched this, this particular devotional. Um, and so I very much remember other clubbing got. And so I remember, like, when he gave this talk in conference this last time, I was like, hey, I know him. <laughs> or I know of him. I've seen this movie before. So that was cool. Um, his talk is very straightforward. So it's Valiant Discipleship in the Latter Days. Um, and of course, as always, I encourage you to go and read it or listen to it before you come back and listen to this. But it is it is a cool quite a straightforward message um it's not super long it's 10 minutes of him speaking i think it took me 
well, I stop and like take notes and stuff, so it took me a while, but it's it's rather short. Um, and it's really all about, I mean, what, what the title says, Valiant Discipleship in the Latter Days. Um, I've had a like, so the little blurb at the front, at the top, actually, like, as it's supposed to, <laughs> encapsulates kind of the whole thing. Let us be confident, not apologetic, valiant, not timid, faithful, not fearful, as we hold up the Lord's light in these last days. And so it's really just all about, like, that we are, um, you know, that we are meant to, to stand up for our beliefs and to be powerful and confident in, um, you know, defending our beliefs in the Lord. And so I have mixed feelings, as I'm sure you can probably tell from my many rants over the last four months that I've been doing this. Um, but I'll, I'll get into that as I kind of, as I go through some of these quotes that I, I thought was really good. So I really do love this idea. The very first paragraph, he says, moral agency is God's precious gift to each of his children. We are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. God won't force us to do good, and the devil can't force us to do evil. Though some may think that mor- mortality is a contest between God and the adversary, a word from the Savior, and Satan is silenced and banished. It is our strength that is being tested, not God's. And I don't love the, like, we say this a lot, right? Like, you can, you're, you're free to choose liberty and eternal life and Jesus, or you can choose death and the devil. And it's such a black and white, like, this whole talk, that's kind of most of what my my issues come from is um, we talk about it in a very black and white way, like either you're in the church or you're out of the church, either you're good or you're evil, either you're following Christ or you're not, and I think there's so much gray area, and not in a bad way of just like we're all striving to be following Christ. We're all striving to be disciples of Christ. We're not always going to be perfect at that. And so sometimes I feel like this goes a little too far as like, oh, well, I didn't partake of the sacrament this week, or, you know, I forgot to fast, or like little things like that, and onto big things, even just like sexual sin, or, you know, big slip-ups that way, where we've gotten this, this, you know, this one thing over and over and over and over and over, either you're good or you're bad, you're following Christ or you're not, and so then you think, oh, well, I messed up, so obviously I messed up forever, and there's no way back, and we don't focus on repentance enough that, like, no matter what you do, God loves you, no matter what you do, you can repent because Jesus, (laughs) like, that that is the biggest thing but i do love the sentiment that like it's not a war between god and satan the word has already been won and 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 satan and jesus is one like he is our savior he is at the top of the world and um as it says at the end it is our it is our strength that is being tested not god's 
I think that's really empowering. I think sometimes that can come off as like, oh gosh, it's all up to me. Like, gosh, it's all on me. It's all my agency. It's all I'll ever do. Like, it can get really overwhelming. And yet, I love that it says our strength is being tested, not God's. God's strength is never in question. And just because we're being tested and, you know, there are things we obviously we have to do it all ourselves, but God is going to help. Like, it is our actions that are being going to be judged, but God's not just leaving us floundering. He's always there loving us and encouraging us and gently nudging us in the ways that um, are going to be the best for us, for us. And so I just love that sentiment of like, no, 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 no. Like, like the Lord is going to win. The Lord has won. And it's our choice um, to choose to follow him or to choose to follow Satan. Like, we have that choice. And while I hate that black and white thinking of, like, that is kind of true. Like, we either choose Christ or we don't. And, but what also gets really gray and kind of nuanced is how we choose Christ and how that's different for everybody in everybody's lives. And so that's also kind of the thing, and I'll get into this more, and I've talked about this a lot on this, so I, I'm, I'm trying not to ramble as much, because I've talked about this concept a lot, that, you know, our covenant path looks different from everybody else's. And sometimes the way, when we talk, when, when we talk about something like this, like what other clubbing got, especially when he talks about it in his talk, is we end up saying, oh, well, there's one right path, the only right path for everybody is following Christ. And then we end up making it sound like, okay, then well, everybody has to do exactly the same thing. And that's not true. There are certain things we all do, like baptism and, you know, going to the temple and getting sealed. Um, but not everybody, also not everybody does that. Also not everybody gets married in this life. And that's okay. Like, there are certain guideposts and there are certain things that have been encouraged for us like reading our scriptures and praying but reading your scriptures me reading my scriptures looks very different than my best friend who lives in Arizona reading her scriptures and that's okay like it depends on your own life and the things that work for you anyway I know I've said this a lot so I'm gonna move on but that's kind of where I'm at in this talk, and I'll, I'll talk more about that and kind of give little examples. So, um, this one kind of bugged me. <laughs> it says, is our love for the Lord and his commandments stronger than our love for anything or anyone else in this life? And I've talked about this before. I love the two great commandments because they are inseparable. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot got love God without loving your neighbor. You cannot love your neighbor and not love God. Um, wait, I said that wrong. You cannot love God and not love your neighbor. And as you're loving your neighbor, you are definitely loving God because you're loving his children. And that's what he's asked us to do. And so I just, I felt this was kind of like, again, very black and white of like, well, do you love the Lord more than anything else and you're like well but then the lord told me that to love him i have to love his children 
And so, like, yes, of course I love God more than anything else, but I also love his children a great deal. And so sometimes I think that gets a little wishy-washy of like, oh, no, 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 like, but one of his commandments is to love everybody else. (laughs) Like, duh. Um, And then, so he goes on to talk about, like, and this is always talked about, and we talked about this with, was it President? No, Elder. Oh boy. Anyway, Elder Rasband, I believe. Yeah, no, yes, to heal the world about <clears throat> religious freedom and how, you know, we're being persecuted because we are the Lord's church. And this, the adversary has always fought to destroy you know, Christ's plan and God's plan and to draw people away. And so, like, you're going to be persecuted for following God, basically. And I've been taught that my whole life. That, like, oh, well, if you're if people think you're stupid, you're doing it right. And <laughs> while I think that is true, and they talk about, I'm, I'm going to read this quote. I think the way it comes across is kind of weird. But, um... So, this is a quote from his talk. He says, Even the Savior himself was called a man gluttonous and a wine bibber, biber, bibber, hmm. accused of disturbing public sentiment and being divisive. Weak and conniving souls took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk, and his sect of early Christians was everywhere, was everywhere spoken against. And... We bring this up a lot in the church of like, well, even Christ was persecuted. You know, he was not accepted among his people. Um, He was looked down on for the things that he taught and whatever. And I just want to remind us, let's remember what he was teaching and encouraging that got him this reaction. He taught that he was the son of God. He said, I am that I am. I am Jehovah. And that was sacrilegious, right? Like, claiming that you are the son of God. Um, He taught to love everyone. The Good Samaritan, for example, right? Like, there were a lot of... It was like, you're in or you're out. And I think that applies today, too. That, like, either you're, you know, you're Jewish and you're following the law of Moses perfectly, or you're not. Or you're, you know, a Samaritan and we hate you for reasons that have been going on for thousands of years. And he taught that that you should love everyone, that God loves everyone, the Jew and the Gentile, and that one day they would all partake of his glory. And that was really sacrilegious to say, because they were like, no, only certain people will be saved, only those that, you know, kept the law of Moses, whatever, but he healed everybody, it didn't matter, he, he took pity, or not took pity, took pity is a bad word, um, he sided with the woman caught in adultery, and called out everybody, and said, you know, saying, he that, uh, has no sin, throw the first stone, and he, like, he healed on Sundays, 
and that was a big deal because you weren't supposed to do anything on Sundays in the Law of Moses. But he knew that the Law of Moses was not as important as caring for people and going about his father's duty. And I think, or doing about his father's work. And I think sometimes we get stuck in that as well, that like we forget that people are always more important. And loving people is always more important. And so, like, I feel like, like, for, for example, keeping Sabbath Day holy, we have these kind of strict, like, oh, you're not supposed to go shopping, you're not supposed to eat out, you're supposed to sit home and, like, <laughs> we have these specific things that even though so many general authorities have come out and been like, there is no yes or no list for Sabbath. It's how you want to show your devotion to God, right? My family would go eat out on Sundays because that was the day our restaurant was closed. My parents owned a restaurant. That was the day the restaurant was closed. That was our family day. That was the time that we could celebrate birthdays because my dad wasn't working. We did, um, family home evening on Sunday nights a lot of the time because my dad worked Mondays and you know or it was the one day we could drive down to Cracker Barrel and actually drive down to Cracker Barrel and get and get dinner for you know my grandma's birthday or whatever it was and I I don't think that's sacrilegious like I don't think that's not keeping the Sabbath day holy could we have done other things? Sure, but like that was what brought us together as a family. That's the time that we spent together as a family. Like I remember so many dinners out that we would <laughs> like that was the only time I saw, especially once I got into high school and like my, my siblings got into high school especially. And they were doing sports and I was doing sports and you know, I was working, they were working, my parents were working. That was some of the only times that we got to spend all eight of us together at one table for more than, like, 15 minutes as people were, like, you know, eating really quickly to go off to a practice or go off to school or work or whatever. And, like, I think Christ would be okay with that. Like, I think he's like, oh, they're spending time together as a family. That's so great. And so I think we forget sometimes why Christ was so hated was because he was he preached radical love love so radical that it broke the law of Moses and like completely upended every social and religious construct that was happening at the time um and he preached that he was the son of God and that he was going to save everybody Um, And so I just want you to think about that as, like, as we talk about the rest of this and just, like, remember why Christ was so hated. That, like, and that's not, (laughs) obviously, Christ, also Christ was adored. He had his disciples and his disciples adored him and, like, obviously there were still, that sounds so bad. I'm like, just remember why Christ was so hated. No. <laughs> For a purpose like this, right? That he is saying, Elder Clement God is saying, you know, even Christ was persecuted. You will also be persecuted. But think about why Christ was persecuted and why 
not not why we should be persecuted, but like their reasons, the things that we should be standing up for that say that Christ stood up for love and equality and you know all that jazz, right? Okay. Um On. So then this is the, the, the quote I wrote, read earlier that's, that was there, like, you know, they always pick one quote from the talk and put it at the top as kind of the sum up kind of a thing. Um, Let us be confident, not apologetic, valiant, not timid, faithful, not fearful, as we hold up the Lord's light in these last days. So I wanted to ask, what does the light of the Lord mean to you? And how can you hold up his light in your life? For me, it's what we've just been talking about. The light of the Lord is love. The light of the Lord is service and healing and understanding. And like I think about if Christ walked through my door right now, which is going to make me cry thinking about Christ walking through my door right now. I literally have a Christ picture of Christ like staring at me right now. If Christ walked through my door right now, you know, what would he do? Would he tell me that um, I'm not doing enough? And would he tell me that I'm a sinner? Would he point out all of my flaws? Would he tell me that my, my home is not clean and does not, you know, my, 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 my house is a mess right now? But would he point that out or would he sit on the couch with me and listen? Would he sit there and listen and tell me that he loved me and heal me and forgive me of my sins? That's the Christ that I know. That's the Christ that I love and that I have a relationship with. And that is the light that I want to put into the world. And I can do that for other people. That's how I can do that in my life. I can sit and I can listen. And I can love. And I can remind people that they are loved deeply by their Savior. And by God. And by me. Like this weekend was so great. <laughs> I'm going to cry again because it was amazing. So it was uh, my MTC companion. I was in a trio. It was one of my MTC companions got married this weekend. And oh my gosh, it made me so happy. I could shout about it from the rooftops. Anyway. Um, and then I stayed with one of the sisters that was in our MTC district. Our district got super, super close in the MTC. Um, and so it was me and my two companions and then this other girl and her companions was the five of us we shared a room we you know went to meals and lessons and classes and everything together so we always joke that we were a five-person companion because our companionship because like i mean we taught with our companions and things like that but we spent all of our time the five of us together and then the other the elders that were in our district as well we all got super tight anyway so i stayed with her 
the sister from my MTC district, and I got to meet her mom and her sister, which were adorable. And I haven't seen her in like a year, and oh, over a year actually. And then my MTC companion I haven't seen in two years, not since we left the mission two years ago. And so like, I, and I just like fell back in with them. Like I haven't seen them forever. When I saw my my sister, the, the sister that I stayed with, I saw her a year ago. I saw her for like two hours. <laughs> I went up, I visited Utah when I was living in Arizona and literally had like two hours to see her. We sat on like the grass outside the Salt Lake Temple and talked for a while, which was great. But like I got to spend three days with her and it was great. It was even better. Um, but like I just got to sit and listen and she listened to me and we just caught up on each other's lives and like there was no judgment there was no oh you should be doing better there was no you know you should be doing this or there was just love and this just like wow that's amazing I love you I miss you just like pure beautifulness like I was just so happy the whole weekend and I didn't get to see my MTC companion super all that much because obviously she was getting married so like I helped them set up for the reception and I got to see her kind of sporadically as she was directing things and then I saw her I got to be in the sealing room so I got to see her then but obviously she was being sealed so like didn't get to sit and talk to her for 30 minutes and then we saw her briefly I saw her briefly before the reception and then I talked to her during the reception just a tiny bit but even just those times of just like pure love and like seeing her so happy with her new husband and he's adorable and they're so happy together and they're so perfect for each other and um you know that's the light that's the lord's light that's the the light of christ that everybody has like encourages us to do good and to love people and to serve people and so for me, answering these questions, now that I've stopped crying, um, <laughs> the light of the Lord is love. And how can I hold up his light in my life? I can love people. I can love people exactly where they are and, and hopefully help them to be better, but in a way that that is not judgy, that is not, this is what I think you should do with your life but in a way that is loving and, excuse me, um, loving and encouraging because that's how Christ is. He's not judgmental. He doesn't list all of your flaws. He says, you're human and I'm going to help because that's my job. And that's amazing. So, rant over. (laughs) Um, So he goes on to talk about uh, prophets and um, the role that they play in this valiant discipleship that we have. Um, That, of course, they they speak the words of God, right? That um, we should be, as we follow them, we are following Christ. Um, But one thing that really stuck out to me, see what he's quoting here. 
The Doctrine and Covenants 98.11 is part of this. Not all of it, but um, part of it. He says, While some would prefer to be selective in the commandments they follow, let us joyfully accept the Savior's invitation to live every word which proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. And, of course, like, I think about the actual commandments and, you know, what 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 God has asked us to do in the scriptures, what God asks us to do in these latter days to the mouths of our prophets, you know, big overarching things like come follow me and ministering and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, but also, and I pointed out this was, as well, the words that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God can also mean personal revelation and the things that God is prompting you to do. And um, if that's my other question for you, um, you know, what words from God are you hearing? And I've repeated this over and over at the end of almost every episode end of every social media post that I've that I've made um, because I think that's the most important and that's why I ask and I encourage that you read or listen to the talks before you come and listen to my thoughts because I want you to hear the words of God for you that are standing out from these talks um before you listen to my ramblings and crying. <laughs> Although I hope it helps. Like I hope that I prompt something, that I bring up something that you haven't thought of before. Um, and that makes way for personal revelation because I think that connection between you and God is the most important. Um, but I want to think about that again. Like I'm going to keep prompting you. I'm going to keep encouraging you to think about that. What words from God are you hearing? What words are you, from God are you hearing right this very second as you're listening to this? What words of God did you hear last week while you were showering? Or while you were partaking of the sacrament on Sunday? Like, what is God telling you? Whether that's something that he's telling you to do, something that he's reminding you of, something that, you know, something he's encouraging you, whatever that may be, what is he saying um and live by that live by the fact that god loves you live by the fact that god loves everyone um and then specifically what he's what he's asking you to do with that so so this i should have seen this coming (laughs) this has also been feel like has been repeated many times in this conference specifically and I'm not sure why specifically in this conference they've been talking so much about this but well, I, do, I have theories but I won't share them um, sorry yawning um, so he's talking about the commandments and he says let us therefore respectfully demonstrate that it is not only possible but essential to love a child of god who embraces beliefs different from our own we can accept and respect others without endorsing their beliefs or actions that do not align with the lord's will there is no 
need to sacrifice truth on the altar of agreeableness and social desirability. <laughs> first off, that first section, let us therefore respectfully demonstrate that it is not only possible but essential to love a child of God who embraces beliefs different from our own. Are we demonstrating this as a church? And I've we talked I talked about this a little bit um, with our um, with the talk about religious freedom. That like, are we actually promoting religious freedom just for ourselves or for everybody? I think we genuinely are. I think that's genuinely the intention. Um, but I think sometimes it does go a little bit far, and you're like, mm, but are you? But I want to kind of ask that again of like, well, are we demonstrating this as a church? Are we um, are we showing that we we love children of God, no matter where they are, who they are, what they believe, what they don't believe? Um, and the second part, I really hate this so much. We can accept and respect others without endorsing their beliefs or actions that do not align with the Lord's will. And obviously, I think this is true. The Lord did this. He loved and accepted people no matter where they were, and he encouraged them to do better, right? But I don't necessarily think that that's our role. Um, We share the gospel, We share truth with people. Um, We can invite them, but it's not our job to tell them what they're doing is wrong or right or anywhere in between. It's our job to love them because, like, (laughs) it's Christ's job to save and it's God's job to judge. And it's our job to love. Um, anyway, that's all I'll say about that because I think I've probably said stuff about that in the past. Anyway. And then there's a lot more to this talk that I'm saying, obviously. I don't I don't read the whole talk when I'm when I'm doing these episodes because I want you to read it yourself and, and glean from it what you will. Um, a lot of this talks about um, it's, it's all very black and white. Um, you know, stand up for Christ, stand up for what you believe in. If you don't stand up for what you believe in, then you're not a great, you're not, you're not the best disciple. I'm not really saying that out loud, but kind of the implication of that. Um, and then he has testimony of, of the prophet and his apostles. And then he quotes President Nelson. He says, True disciples of Jesus Christ, President Nelson taught, are willing to stand out, speak up, and be different from the people of the world. We are, they are undaunted, devoted, and courageous. And that's kind of his like ending point. Um, and then he says, brothers and sisters, it's a day, it's a good day to be good. And then he ends. Um, but I think it's just such a pure thing. It's, like, it's a good day to be good. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great day to be good. It's always a good day to be good. So 
but this is kind of the the same question I I asked earlier, but kind of said in a different way. Like, how can you stand out, speak up, and be different from the world? You know, how thinking of how Christ stood out, spoke up, and was different from the world while he was on the earth. Um, how can we do that as disciples of Christ, as his hands on the earth? How can we love um, deeper and more unapologetically and share his light and his love with those around us? Anyway, so that's kind of all I've got today. Um, I'll recap my questions really quick. If I can find them. The first one is, what does the light of the Lord mean to you? How can you hold up his light in your life? Uh, what words um, from God are you hearing? And if I, I was going to say during this time, for this question, like we're getting to the end of going through all of these talks, right? We've got five more after this one. Um, I've been doing this for a couple of months now. If you stuck stuck with me the whole time, thank you. <laughs> I very much appreciate it. Um... Or if you just joined me for a few episodes, I'm still very grateful. But we're getting to the end of this conference, and in just a few weeks, we're going to hear from the prophets and apostles again. And you know, obviously we should be doing this all the time, but like thinking about what what God, what are you hearing from God? And specifically from this conference, you know, what things have you seen repeated over and over and over? And I have things in my head, and I've had a few things written down that I want to talk about at the end. My last episode will be about kind of all of the motifs and all of the, the repetition that we heard this conference. You know, things that we heard over and over and over that, like, you know, I'll get to the beginning of the, I'll read a talk, and I'll be ready to record, and I get to the recording, and I'm like, we've talked about this all the time. It's, we're talking about the atonement again. I'm so excited. And, you know, there's been a couple of different talks like that that I I know that um, I've said of like, oh yeah, and this is just kind of what we talked about with Elder So-and-So's talk or Sister So-and-So's talk. And, you know, that repetition is powerful and important. So, just wanted to put that out because we're getting to the end here. Um, And then my last question... was kind of the same as that that first question but how can you stand out speak up and be different from the world um just as christ stood out spoke up and was different from the world um i love my savior and i'm grateful for this opportunity that i've had to do this podcast it's been really fun and challenging like it's made me stretch and um, step out of my comfort zone for sure, but I'm grateful that I decided to do it. And, um, yeah, I believe in all of you to be valiant disciples of Christ. Um, anyway, I will see you all on Friday.
thank you so much for listening to this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to follow and share us on um, any social media. And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends. Until next time. Thank you.